Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new week. I'm sure you all miss me dearly last week. I have been fighting the worst upper respiratory infection I have ever had in life. Two weeks and counting, and I cannot kick it for the life of me. And today you may be greeted by my little guest star baby in the background because this is work-life balance, right? I have time to record the podcast now, and she is right alongside with me. So today we're talking about mommy guilt, which is profound considering I have my daughter with me while I'm recording this today, but it's something that's very real. It's something that I definitely suffer from, and I think it all stems from the fact that we have this unrealistic definition of what a good mom is or a perfect mom is, and based on you know, if we take Maslow's hierarchy of needs and really analyze it in that respect, like we are really looking for self-actualization at this point from a motherhood perspective. And that is the tippy, tippy, tippy top of the pyramid. And when you think about it, this is going to be different for every individual, every mother, every child is different. Everybody's life and lifestyle is different, but yet we all seem to suffer from this mommy guilt. And for me personally, I was the daughter of a stay-at-home mom. My mom was a teacher, and then I was born in 1990, and she became a stay-at-home mom after I was born for the first 13 years of my life, roughly. I have a younger brother, who's three years younger than me, and a younger sister, who's seven years younger than me. Uh, She went back to work when we were all a little bit more self-sufficient, right? But while she was home with us, she was with us constantly, and I mean constantly adoration, tender, loving care. And I'm not saying that working mothers don't provide this to their kids, but you know, my mom was like really, she was the backbone of everything that we learned. So I I was a voracious reader. I was reading by the time I was three. My brother was doing like ridiculous multiplication when he was in grade school and the teachers couldn't even understand how he could recite his times tables that young. My sister had this kind of creative imagination. And I just remember her using like eight and a half by 11 inch computer paper, making fingernails out of it, like developing all of these like creatively right brained activities that I feel like come innately to kids. But at the same time, like it's a byproduct of our mom current, you know, always teaching and coaching us. So, I mean, I'll never forget. And some of my cousins can attest to this too, that, um, we went to mom school every day over the summer We had to do math workbooks. We did ELA exercises. She had us journal. She gave us different journaling topics to work on our writing and creative writing every morning. And we had to read. And we had to do all of these activities before we could play, before we could watch TV, before we could go in the pool, before we could see our cousins go to the beach, any kind of summertime activity. Literally, we would eat breakfast and do our workbooks. And that was routine, I would say, every summer from the time I was probably six to the time I was going into high school. And some people might think that's absolutely crazy, but I mean, I credit her with the wide majority of my educational career accomplishments because my brain never turned off. I was always learning. I was always prepared for school. It's just something she did for us. And again, she was with us all the time over the summer. She wasn't working. She, I mean, her nine to five was us. Steph, Nick, and Becca, that was her nine to five every day for well over a decade, you know? And it's why now, as I'm the mother of a 15-month-old and 
obviously my husband and I want more children that I'm ridden with guilt as a mother who works because I chose to be a career woman and a mother that I, it, it really makes me wonder, is my daughter, are my future children going to suffer because of that? Like I read to my daughter on a daily basis, but is it enough? Like my mornings and evenings are dedicated to her, but that murky nine to five, what is she missing out on from her mama from nine to five that I got as a kid, you know? And that's something that's like, honestly, one of life's mysteries that I will never know. But basically, you know, I suffer from what I'd like to call a textbook case of mommy guilt. (laughs) It's characterized by, you know, feelings of guilt women experience in relation to their children. As moms, we constantly worry about making mistakes and trying to get everything right. And it stems from the unrealistic ideal of being the perfect mom, which is only exacerbated through social media, right? Um, Social media is the subjective devil. I'm somebody that loves it. I have like a real love-hate relationship with it, to be honest with you, but I mean, on my best day, I may look like, holy shit, this girl can do it all. She works. She's a great mom. She's dressed well. She takes care of herself and her daughter and her husband and dog and whatever. But then on days where I'm feeling like a total hot mess express and I'm looking at all these other girls from high school and I'm like, damn, how the hell are they doing what they're doing? It really makes those unrealistic standards steep even higher and increases that guilt proportionally, right? But it's tough. It's tough for us working moms. And it's tough for stay-at-home moms, too. Do not get me wrong. My mom worked her ass off as a stay-at-home mom when I look back in retrospect. But once the workday ends, our second shift begins. And the second shift is really fun because it's when we go into full-blown homemaker mode. That is, (coughs) excuse me, that's dinner. That's possibly going food shopping or loading groceries. That's doing the dishes. It's bathing your kids. It's feeding them dinner. It's getting ready for bedtime. Meanwhile, you're trying to catch up with your spouse. You're trying to take care of your pets. You're probably multitasking on your phone, casually checking work emails, or you're catching up on personal emails or texts throughout the day. So, I mean, it's tricky. When do we actually get a second for ourselves? I know for me, my, my mind is always going. And usually I shut off like when I go to sleep. But, you know, career was closely anchored to my dream of being a mother. And I knew that choosing both paths simultaneously would present its own set of unique challenges. But like the question that lives rent-free in my head and will continue to live rent-free in my head is, will I ever be enough? Will I ever be enough of a mother? Because half of my time is dedicated to my job, probably more than half if I want to honestly admit it, or career aspirations, what have you. And the other half is on family. And sure, there's this intermingling, there's this gray area, there's a constant blend, but at the same time, it's very difficult to navigate. So interestingly enough, you know, I'm I'm researching mommy guilt. I'm trying to get to the root of, you know, how this was derived, like how it could be combated, whatever. Harvard Business School back in 2015 conducted a preliminary study that was actually, um, they were kind of chewed out for doing it, that it wasn't deemed credible. But years later, mostly summer of 2018, from what I read, it resurfaced and the data was circulated. And it was kind of yielded as as truthful based on a study of 100,000 men and women in um, 29 different countries. <laughs> but basically, see, I told you, upper respiratory, can't get rid of it. Anyway, 
There was a study regarding women and their daughters predominantly, and the results found that the daughters of employed mothers performed better in their eventual careers than the daughters of stay-at-home moms. They actually made an average of $1,880 more than their contemporaries that were daughters of stay-at-home moms. Now, I don't know what kind of questions were involved in the survey. I'm just spitting out the results, right? So furthermore, the study noted that they wound up just as happy in adulthood, just as secure as children of moms who stayed home. And conversely, sons were un kind of unaffected by this maternal influence because sons typically look to their fathers. They see their fathers get dressed, grab their briefcase. I'm really dating myself. I'm thinking of my dad in the early 90s and going off to the office, right? Um, regardless, usually the man in the house works. So this study in a non-working way also suggested that adult sons of working mothers spend an extra 50 minutes per week caring for their family members. And maybe that's a result of seeing how ferociously their mothers multitask. So some statistics regarding daughters, it's very interesting. It said that they're 1.21 times more likely to be employed, 1.29 times more likely to supervise others, they have higher annual gross and net earnings, and they spend 44 additional minutes at work per week. And this is relative to those raised by mothers who stayed at home full time. So interesting, right? But again, the study does not solve for the larger issue at hand, which is truly a mother's guilt. And I think it's up to us. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you that it's near impossible to remove that phrase from our vocabularies or just simply like redefine it, rework our brains so we think of it differently or, you know, realize that it doesn't have to exist. In my opinion, I think a mother's ambition is great for the family. I, I'm, again, I'm the byproduct of a stay-at-home mother and I credit my mom for so much of my success. So again, I am not knocking any stay-at-home moms here. I'm talking from my perspective as a working mother. But um, I think across the board, we have to realize that our children aren't looking for perfection. They're not. My daughter's 15 months old. You can hear her. She's babbling away right now, playing with all of her toys. And she is not going to give two shits if I remember to hand make homemade egg cups and zucchini muffins for her to give them for her snack later on today, or if I give her some goldfish and her little multicolored bowl that she loves. That doesn't define me from a perfection perspective. And I think those are the things, at least in my mind, that if they kind of fall off the course of my priority scale on any given day, I feel horrible about it. Like, how could I give myself an extra half an hour just to sit on the couch and mindlessly scroll through TikTok when I should be making my daughter's egg cups? And... That's a tough standard that we put on ourselves and we hold ourselves accountable to. And I think it's natural for working mothers to have that level of accountability because that's how we treat ourselves at work, right? You know, we take full accountability of what we do in the office, in the office environment. It directly translates to our personal lives. But maybe it's more about quality instead of quantity, just like anything in life. That an hour of uninterrupted mommy and me time is worth much more than half-assing eight hours of time with my daughter where I'm sporadically on my laptop, checking my email, checking my phone, fielding phone calls, etc. And then maybe, you know, throwing on Miss Rachel or Bluey for half an hour at the end of the day so I can clean the kitchen and catch up on text and just kind of get myself together isn't the worst thing in the world because you can't pour from an empty cup. And that's something that I have to remind myself of, of a daily basis. 
on a daily basis. In closing, I will say, to come full circle with this, my mom went back to teaching full-time when I was 13. And then later on, she went back to school and she got her master's degree. And this was shortly after I graduated from college. She did this while she was teaching religion. She was volunteering. She managed a household. She raised three children. She was a loving spouse, uh, a dog mom or a dog grandma, if my sister would like to say. And she raced around to all of our activities. She, my brother played competitive sports all throughout childhood. She was at all of his games. My sister was a competitive dancer. Me, I was an athlete in high school. I was in a bunch of academic competitions. I mean, she was always there, not to mention dropping us at our friends' houses, all of our social activities. And I mean, I can only imagine how crazy life is with three kids. Plus you're working, plus you're cooking dinner. You're making sure the groceries in the house are stocked. The birthday cards are sent. You know, I digress. You can fill in the rest of the blanks. So I think about it now at almost 33 with one child. And I say, you know, damn, I have no idea how this woman really did it all. Right. And I think that's the moments where I begin to give myself some grace and, you know, let out like an exhale and realize, you know, she gave herself some grace too. And we all have to, as mothers who are juggling the world on our shoulders. So ditch the guilt, do your thing. Nobody's like you. Nobody is like your kid. And regardless, in your child's eyes, you have to always remember the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And they don't care what you do, who you are. As long as you love them, you should not feel guilty.